0: Shalom Aleichem, Shavua Tov to all of you listeners of this great station this is Rabbi Albas from SLC I'm going to speak about the Pasha we read yesterday Be'alutcha it says over there that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, as a leader of this great nation of all, maybe around 2 million people to over 600,000 men with their uh, wives and children perhaps even more than that it was a bit too much, big burden for him alone. He needed some help. So he said, I can't just take all these people alone. It's too much for me. So Hashem said to him, Okay, Why don't you gather 70 people from the elders, I will take some of the spirit that you have and I'll place it upon them. And they will help you with the leadership of the people. Now, this V'asaltim in the Rashi explains that this is like a candle. A candle, you can take one candle you can take another seventy candles and light them from this candle, yet the flame of the original candle stays the same; doesn't change. So, whatever spirit it will be taken from Moshe Rabenu and given over to the elders, that does not impact at all upon the uh, the, the uh, uh, nevuah, the great nevuah of Moshe Rabenu, stays the same. Now. How did Moshe Rabbinu gather these 70 people? Now, 70 people is a little problematic because you have 12 Shebatim. So, 12 Shebatim, if you take five from each Shebat, that'll be 60. If you take six people from the 12 Shebatim, it'll be 72. So, it's a little problem. Now, what, what, what you would have to do is, Take six from uh, ten Shevatim, which is sixty, and and five from two. That makes it seventy. Now, which five you're going to take? You cannot just randomly say, "Okay, I'm going to take five from Dan and five from Naphtali." You can't do that. Why? So the way best way to do it is with the Gorel, drawing lots. So as Rashi explains. He took 70 pieces of paper. 72 pieces. 70 he wrote Zaken. Meaning that this one is Kadosh. He will be one of the eldest chosen. And on two of them. He left them blank. So this way. The 72 people will. Pick each one his own. Whoever it says Zaken will be one of the chosen ones. If it says. If it's Halak. If it's empty then he's not one of them. But what happened was there were two of them that was Eldad Umedad. Actually, they they thought they were not worthy of being one of the elders chosen. So they left the camp. They were outside. They were not at the drawing. But the truth is the Hema Baketubim they, their name actually was one of the ones that were chosen. And it, they, they, they were supposed to be the, the, uh, one, the two of the elders. But because of their humility, because of their anava, they skipped out. They said, you know, well, we're not really worthy of this. So what happened? But they were chosen. They were actually two of the 70. And they merited, they had the zechut. Of a number of things. For example, the sixty-eight of the seventy, they had nevuah, but only once. That's it. They never stopped. But these two people, Eldad and Medad, nevuah kept on going for good. Another thing, the sixty-eight people received nevuah direct the, the, from Moshe Rabinu. It was like from Moshe Rabinu to them. But these two they received the Nebu'an directly from HaKadosh Baruch That's a big difference. And some say even that they were given Rishud to go into Elisha This is because, all this, because of the fact that they were people of great humility. Uh, th- th- this is something that we have to know. Uh, one of the uh, main uh, values and qualities, uh, virtues of a Talmud Hakam, it should be also uh, humility. As it says, even though in other things, in other virtues or other qualities, a person can be in the middle. You know, uh, like like they say, uh, the Rambam said that Shvi, uh, what they call the Shvi L'Azam, the middle road. A person should not be too stingy, and he should not be extreme generous either. Take middle ground when it comes to humility. Me od me od tevishefan ruah. There was a case brought in Masiches Sanhedrin when it says Tanura b'ner, el me abrin ita shana, elah la. When it comes to making a uh, adding a month to the year okay so now some months is adar Adar, but in order to to do that you have to have a council of sages and these sages had to be invited ahead of time okay? to declare a leap year they had to be invited and then they come. They have deliberations. They say, "Okay, is it time? Is it really the right time uh, to to add a, another month or not?" If they were not invited, then they couldn't come. Yet the Maase was a bengamliel. He asked his attendant to invite seven people, and when they came, when he came to the meeting, he saw eight. So he said. Who is not invited? Shemuel Katan got up. I said, I was not invited. I just wanted to attend in order to learn. But then the Gemara says, actually, he was invited. He just got up because he did not want to embarrass the one that was not invited and was there. That's how the Anava goes. Now, let me go to the next passage where, of course, Moshe Rabbeinu was the greatest anav of all the people in the world. But here, I want to emphasize something completely different. The Rambam, I'm sure every one of you listeners heard of the Rabbeinu Moshe Ibn Maimon, the, 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 the great scholar, one of the greatest we ever had the writer, the composer of the Yada Hazakah, which codified the laws of the entire Gemara. He was a scholar, philosopher. He was even a physician of the king. Lived in the 12th century. And he laid down 13 principles that a Jew must believe in. 13 of them. If a Jew does not believe even in one of them, is a kofer, is an apikoros, a heretic. Now, these 13 principles happen to be written in a poem form, which most Jews, Ashkenaz, and Sephard, they sing that poem on Lel Shabbat after Arbit. It's called Igdal Elohim Chavi Each line of the first 13 lines represents one principle now I would like to discuss two of those lines which actually represent two principles why? because they happen to be the tie in with the parasha the last passage which talks about Miriam that spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu let's see how we have toys. Now the two principles are the following. In this poem, Igdali says Lo kam Israel ke Moshe'od. There Israel They never rose, arose or will arise a Navi like Moshe Rabbinu. Never. We have Nivim. Plenty we had plenty of Nivim. Bishaya Navi, Natana Navi, Navi, many Nivim. But none of them were of the Hashivut and the level. Of Moshe Rabenu. We must believe that the Nevuah of Moshe Rabenu was unique, and it's on top of all of them. His level is much higher. It has to be that way. Because if God forbid, you'd say, and then Navi comes and says that he's greater than Moshe Rabenu, then he would go and change the Torah. Say, oh, I'm I'm a great I can change it. Hashem Shalom. He can't do that. Torah is immutable. Not even one yud of the Torah can be changed. Nothing. Moshe Rabbeinu Nevuan was the greatest. And then there is another one. It says, Gomele ish hasid kem bif'alo. Kadosh Baruch will give the reward to the person, the hasid, the person who does a good deed, will give a reward. Noten le On the other hand, a person who does evil, does something wrong, he'll be punished for it. So we have two principles: in one, the Nevoah Moshe Rabbeinu is the greatest; two, the concept of reward and punishment. Now, this, both of these, are discussed clearly in the last passage of the Torah, Parashat B'alotcha. What happened? Okay. Miriam spoke lashonara to her brother Aaron about Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, it wasn't really such a big lesson. I mean, after all, it was her brother. She loved him and everything else. But still, to the level of Miriam Tzadikah, it, uh, it was something really, uh, you know, something that deserved some kind of punishment. What did she say? She said, wait a minute. Is it uh, 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 our brother, Moshe, left his wife, Sipporah? Why did he leave his wife? Because he's a Navi? We are also Navi. We didn't leave our spouses. We're still married. How come he did? Ah, the who came right away. I said, wait a minute. You cannot compare yourself, your Nebu'ah, to Moshe Rabbeinu's Nebu'ah. Listen to my words. Hashem is talking to them f- firmly we going to have ever. Any you, anyone else. I will only talk to him in a dream like, in puzzles like. Like my mouth, so to speak, like I'm talking to you, you're talking to me. Clearly. No puzzles. You can see somehow the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You were not afraid to speak that way about my servant Moshe Rabenu? Here the Torah itself is telling us clearly that the Nevo'ah of Moshe Rabenu cannot be equaled by anyone. It was the highest. Now, what happened after that? Because she spoke Lashonara about her brother, she was punished. And the punishment was swift. was quick. She contracted Sarat, which is uh, some type of leprosy, but really a tumah. A horrible tumah which required her to be sequestered. She had to be isolated from the rest of the people for seven days. Then Moshe binu prayed for her. And she recovered. Now, during those seven days, the entire nation of Israel waited for her before they could move. They waited the whole time. And that was a great kavod. A couple million people waiting so that she would recover. And then, and then they'll move. Actually, they could have moved. And on the next stop, after she recovers, she can uh, catch up with them. No, he purposely waited for her until she recovered. Why the Kavud? The Midrash says, why this reward? Because when her mother, Yochevet, had put Moshe Rabbeinu in a basket over the Nile River, she, Miriam, went ahead and stood by looking after that basket, making sure everything is fine. If, God forbid, the waters come a little turbulent and the basket might turn over, she would go right away and save him. So she was there for him to save to look after him. That was 80 years before. And it took 80 years for the reward to come. This concept of reward and punishment is not something that we think has to be done immediately. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it takes a day. Sometimes it may take a year or 10 years or eight years. It depends. This is the way of HaKadosh Baruch, Hu, which we do not understand. Only HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows that. Most of the time, actually, the reward is in Alamabah, in the next world. It may be here, maybe next world. Most of the time, it is in the next world. And we are not even supposed to think about a reward. We should not behave like those servants that, oh, the only reason I am going doing what my the instructions of my master is because I want a reward. No. When it comes to HaKadosh Baruch we do it to Shem The reward is there. It will stay there. It's written. Don't have to worry about that, but it takes sometimes it takes a long time. But here we see clearly what the principle of reward and punishment is right here, and in fact, we're going to see next week uh, about the Meraglim, the scouts. They were also their punishment was swift and quick. But it's not always like that. Sometimes it comes in much later. And sometimes it's in the next world. But the concept of reward and punishment is there. And we must believe in it. All these 13 principles, which includes the special, unique nevuah of Moshe and the concept of reward and punishment, we must believe in that at all times. And we see, I mean, sometimes we see it also uh, in, in our lifetime. I mean, we see, for example, uh, in Mahshimu Saddam Hussein. He was a president for 24 years like a king. He was like a king. Yet, he wanted to destroy Israel. God forbid. He met his death. He had a violent death. Muhammad Gaddafi in was we hated Israel. It took maybe 40 years. But he also had a violent death. And you know what? I believe strongly that the Iran, the Persian, the Iranian regime, because they want to destroy Israel, God forbid, they're going to meet. They're going to be punished somehow. We don't know yet. We don't know how long it will take. But they will because when it comes to hating the amsegulavah Baruch Hu, something is going to happen all throughout the ages all those countries that that persecuted or oppressed the jews they either they disappeared or they became poor or somehow the the power have gone down tremendously the, the the Greek Empire isn't here any longer. The Roman Empire, Massimah, they persecuted Jews for hundreds of years. Doesn't even it's not even here. The Nazis are not here anymore. Uh, Spain with the Inquisition, okay, Spain is here, but Spain was a, a powerful nation during the time of the Inquisition. And what happened? One way down. Became poor. This is a botai. As long as we are going to be, and, and, and uh, I'm Sigulan, i I'm Kadosh, these 13 principles we must believe in. And these are some of the lessons that we learned from today's parasha. The Nevoav Moshe Rabbeinu, special, unique above all, and the concept of reward and punishment. Shabbat Shalom. Rabbi just want to remind you again that uh, this station here is does an extremely great benefit to the community and please make an effort to help it. And if you have any simcha, contact us at SLC. We have a beautifully renovated social hall. I'm sure you'll like it and I'm sure we can accommodate you. Shabbat Shalom.